Welcome to Dream, Declare, Deliver with Chris Carell and Candace Ogren. Join us each week as we explore how to live a life by design and turn inspiration into realization. Hello and welcome to Dream, Declare, Deliver. Chris and I are so excited to welcome you to our very first inaugural podcast. And um, before we before we jump in um, and, and talk about our topics today, we just wanted to introduce ourselves and tell you who we are and why we're doing this. Um, so, so just by way of introduction, my name is Candace Sogren, and I am a uh, lawyer. I'm a sales leader in a crypto company. I have been an owner and a trainer in an emotional intelligence training academy for leaders. And I am the co-author with my very good friend, Chris Garrell, of a book called Typhoon Honey, The Only Way Out is Through. Chris, who are you? <laughs> I wish I knew. No, <laughs> I, I, I'm Chris Garrell. I am a retired executive leadership coach. Um, I have been coaching and training people on the tools of transformation and personal empowerment and emotional intelligence for the last 30 some odd years. And um it's just a delight to be in this conversation. I find it, you know, so empowering, you know, not only my can- conversations with Candace, but but my conversations that I have with with execs and and leaders and just people in general around how they can take control of their lives. And and that's really what brought us to the podcast is that we wanted to share with you some of the tools that we've learned in working with the thousands and thousands of people that we've coached and trained over over the past years and um and bring that to your attention so that you can use some of the tools for yourself and what chris didn't tell you listeners is that he's also my executive coach and so he he has coached me through many things over the last mm-hmm. four and a half years and i'm very grateful but chris before we talk about the thousands of people we've coached because we've coached teens we've coached adults we've coached executive leaders mm-hmm. um but we're also students and so we we came to this work. We came to these tools of transformation um, for our own reasons. So, Chris, how did, how did you start doing this stuff? How did you start working with? I uh, long ago and far away in a kingdom by the sea, I was <laughs> in uh, just a really bad place. I had successfully learned how to to destroy every career effort that I had had, and um, at one point I found myself alone and in the dumps and 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 saying, "This is not the life that I want to have." Um, I'm, I'm somebody I, you know, I got to find out who that is. And I've got to do that. And so I started seeking personal transformation programs, and and just put myself into all of those things. And what has transpired over the 35 years since I did that first program, um, is that not only have I gained an expertise on that, but I've totally transformed my life. Um, I, you know, my, my, Income is 10x what I had before. Um, I have a, a you know a, a marriage that's beyond belief, and people keep asking, "Can we learn how to do what you guys do?" I um, asked him that. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I have I have circles of friends and 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 people who I can call on to support me. So it literally is a, a, a life without equal, and and I owe it all to the kind of work that we do and learned in transformation classes that that both of us have been uh, um, privy to to take. 
Yeah. What about you? <laughs> uh, so, so I, I came into this, the, 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 the tools of transformation four years ago, and we'll talk about these tools and we'll remove the woo-woo of the tools as we talk through them more. But um, four, four and a half years ago, I uh, was a top performer, a top sales performer in a company um, in the payment space, you know, on paper, uh, I was a rock star. And my boss said, Candice, nobody likes you. <laughs> and I got that feedback and I decided to be super passive aggressive about it. And I wrote an article about my boss in a very well-known magazine and, um, and you know, essentially calling him a sexist. And he is now a very good friend of mine. But in that moment, I almost got fired. I was almost fired for, for my passive aggressive behavior. And I decided to take myself to you know, anger management class, which is, uh, which is what I call this transformational training to essentially learn how to, how to, uh, get rid of the stress that I was holding. I felt like I was driving down a mountain, like with my white knuckling the wheel of my car and losing control of the, the vehicle. Um, and I felt that way in my career, just being told I was not liked uh, or likable. I, I felt that way in my marriage. My husband and I were, were trying to have a child. We had a miscarriage. I felt that way with um, my personal decisions. We were both drinking pretty heavily. My husband almost died um, from that. Like so, so there were a lot of things that just weren't working for me. And it was all tied to this tension, like this major tension I was feeling in my life. And so I, uh, I came to these tools just to learn how to let that mm. shit go. Um, and, uh, and I'm so glad that I did. And now, you know, four and a half years later, I have a, a nearly four-year-old son. I've got a 10 marriage just like, just like you. Um, and you know, I, I not only kept that job, but I got promoted several times and, and now I've, I've since gone on to different careers, but, um, also making significantly more money. And I, I just, I see the power of knowing how to control my own behavior changes everyone else's life, not just mine. So I'm super grateful for these tools. It really is a way for us to to tune in. We call it emotional intelligence training for a reason because it's a way to tune into what your your feelings are, but also to understand them in a way that you know what's yours and what's somebody else's. So you're not laying it on somebody else. And I think that's one of the things that that I got out of out of training was was to learn how to know what's me and what's somebody else and 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 that my reactions then could be clean and clear. And I was I was much more capable then of listening to and responding to another person from where they're coming. So, you know, when we think of the kind of folks that we are or the kind of folks that we deal with, um, we kind of categorize them in three different groups. And and I love Candace's name for them. What do you call them? Go ahead. So if you're listening to this podcast and you're intrigued at all by what we've said so far, we would probably categorize you in one of three buckets. It's one of you, one group of people who listens to this podcast and who we coach, we call them the seekers. Who are the seekers, Chris? Oh, those are people who, you know, they, they're top performers. They really have, they have a great life, but they know there's more. There's another level above this. And so they're looking for a way to break through the ceiling and take their life to a new level. Um, and, and they're, you know, like, like I was as, as broken as I was, I was a seeker because I knew there was more in me. I knew I was capable of something completely different than what I was creating. And I had to find that, you know, the key to unlock that. So those are seekers. Yeah. The the yeah. second group, we call them, you know, shifters. And how would you describe them? So so I'll, I'll say one more thing on the seekers and then we'll shift over <laughs> to the shifters. So, so on the seekers, you know who you are. There is something that is just outside of your reach, whether mm -hmm. it's that 
key relationship, you know, that future wife or husband, whether it is that that dollar figure that you know you are meant to be making, but you're not making it yet, whether it's that that promotion that you just keep getting passed up for, you know there is something ahead of you that you just can't reach. So that's how I identify seekers. They tell me there's something I want. <laughs> they're clear. There's something they want, and they, they just haven't found it yet, or they haven't gotten to it yet. The shifters are are people I, I call people who are in transition. So so sometimes these transitions are things you were looking for, and sometimes they aren't. Sometimes it's retirement, hurrah! Sometimes it's a brand new baby, amazing. Sometimes it's a divorce. But whatever that is, there's some major shift happening in your life, and you now have this blank page ahead of you. You have no idea what to write on it, and you're thinking, okay, I want to be thoughtful with this next chapter. And so so. You know, what I know that whatever I have done so far has gotten me this far, but where I'm going next, that's the wild unknown. And I and I want support in, in, in crafting that. And then the and third. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> Final are, are, are the suckers. Yeah, yeah, the suckers. Who are the suckers, Chris? And, you know, those, you know, I, I probably qualify for that, too. But, you know, being stuck is is a place where, you know, everything that you know, got you to where you are, but you can't figure out how to go to the, you know, whatever's next, you know, you're stuck, things are broken, it's not working. Um, and, and you, you know, this is not the life that you were meant to live, you know, and, and somehow, you just don't have the tools or the wherewithal to, to get out of that. And so, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a feeling of being stuck and I, in, and, and not knowing where to go next. So it's okay for people to come into coaching or transformation programs, you know, not knowing what they want to get because it's, it's, they're, they're kind of up against it and they're in that stuck place. And, you know, oftentimes if, if I ask someone, what's your vision? And they're like, oh, God, I don't I couldn't tell you my vision. I start with, OK, what don't you want? <laughs> because we can always tell you what we don't want. And uh, my husband and I, um, about a, two years ago, we went to a couples therapy. We went to a couples therapy weekend and they asked, why are you here? And my husband raised his hand and everyone was like, you know, we want to have a deeper relationship. And my husband's like, I don't want to get divorced. <laughs> like, that's what I want. And, and the reason I say that is that that's what I see the suckers as. The suckers are like... I can't, I can't identify what I want because I'm stuck in what I don't want. And that's really our topic for today is, is the why me, yeah. why me? So why was my husband feeling like we were, he was at the brink of divorce a year and a half ago? Um, why do we get in these moments of feeling stuck and what can we do about it? So, so that's what we thought was probably the most common thing. You know, we're around the holidays, we're at the end of the year, um, you, you know, we're transitioning into 2023 right now. And, and we think there's a lot of people who are, who are just, we're coming out of COVID still or going back into it. Who knows? And, who and knows? A, lot of, a lot of our friends, family members, and people we care about are feeling kind of stuck. Well, I, you know, and it's, it's kind of, you know, you bring up COVID, it's kind of important to talk about that and name the, you know, the elephant in the room you know, so many of us felt like life was happening to us, that we had no control over what was going on. There was this, you know, disease that was killing people. Um, and, and you know, do we wear a mask? Do we don't wear a mask? Do I go to a group meeting? Do I not? You know, and and for many of that first year, we were all in lockdown. Um, and And, you know, we all felt kind of stuck. You know, we all felt like this is beyond my control. Life is doing it to me. 
you know, mm -hmm. and and there was a sense of global victimization. There's a sense that we all felt like we were the 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 brunt of the joke. We were the you know the the problem, um, and we were the victim of all this stuff that's going on around us. Um, so, you know, one of the things that we want to talk about is how do we move from that feeling of, of oppression that, that, that life is happening to me and that it's out of my control? Um, and, you know, how do we get unstuck from that feeling of, of um, I don't know, just out of control? Well, and the first thing first that comes to mind to me as I'm hearing you talk about this is what's making me feel stuck in the first place. <clears throat> so identifying what it is that's caused, that's causing that feeling um, of lack of control. Um, like I was talking about white knuckling my life, right? And and what was causing that? And and oftentimes with the people that we coach, it's feedback. They're getting feedback from someone. They're getting feedback from their boss, from their spouse, from their from their coworkers, from their friends from the world um, that what they're doing isn't working. And that, that that feedback tends to back people into a corner and get them blocked up. And we were just talking about this with one of our, with one of our uh, clients and friends. Yeah. And, you know, just to be clear about the word feedback, we see everything that happens around you as feedback to how you're living your life. So when, you know, when I'm feeling stuck or when I'm feeling victimized by something, that that experience that, you know, that's coming to us, the information that's coming to us is telling us you're not in control, we're doing it to you. You know, you're not being powerful. You know, you're being a victim and and we might not like feedback. We might we might, you know, just uh, react to to stuff that's happening to us. We as as it comes in, you know, we feel like there's there's you know like this trigger reaction that that happens um, all around us, and um, and we think that those those things are doing it to us. We and then we start that what we do that makes it worse is we start calling it bad. You know, we start saying, oh, that's, that's evil. That's wrong. That's, that's them. And, and, you know, it, it you know, we lose even more control in that state. It's, it's so funny. I'm going to backtrack for a second. You just said bad. And so I have a three-year-old and, and he is learning right now. He calls everything good or bad. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, and my husband and I keep saying, Ivor, it's not good or bad. It just is. It just is, which of course that's so meta for a three-year-old. <laughs> right. we, we're just trying to teach. There's no such thing as something that's bad. And that's one of the things Chris and I are trying to talk about as well today is that nothing inherently by itself is bad. Mm -hmm. You know, events that happen in our lives are neutral. They're just events. And, you know, one of the things that we talk about in our book and that we talk about often with our, with our, our students and our clients is, is, you know, there, there's a hurricane that comes through your town. And inevitably, when a hurricane comes through a town, there's two different interviews that happen on the news. There's one family that's interviewed and they say, oh, my God, we've lost everything, our house, our belongings. Woe is me. Our life is destroyed. But then there's also a family that's interviewed that says, we're alive. Oh, my God, what a gift. We have each other. We have our family. We have what's most important to us. We are so blessed. The event was exactly the same. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you know, we were just talking before starting uh, starting the, the the recording about a client of mine that I've been working with, um, and she finally got to the point where she understood that she is always a ten, you know, and the world might be giving her feedback that you know what she did didn't work. But she doesn't see that as her, as a label for her. She sees that just as feedback. And so one of the things that we're really, you know, try to work with people on is seeing feedback as neutral. Neither good nor bad. It just is information. When you see it as information, then you're able to use it and, and, you know, make new distinctions, make, uh, take a different course of action or whatever, because it's not making you bad when you feel like victim when you feel like you're being beaten on by by society you make you bad too it's bad information making me bad and the whole thing goes down the tubes when you look at information as neutral as feedback as neutral you're able to say oh that's good information i can use that i can take that slice it apart dice it up and see what i need to do differently to create a different reaction out of that i'm always a 10 she says you know (laughs) Well, and, and nowhere do I see this more, more, more prevalent than in my marriage, you know, like, because you're, you're, if you're in an intimate relationship with a person, then you give them your best and your worst. Often I'm giving Andrew my worst, but, but, <laughs> but in those, in those scenarios, um, you know, I, I find myself dropping into my victim most often and saying, oh, well, he's not listening to me. So I'm going to, I'm going to lash out. And then, and then I'll, but then I'll, I'll say to him, I recognize that I'm feeling like a victim right now. So that probably means that you're feeling like a victim too. Is that true? And so we always start off and saying, wait, we're both in victim. So, so one of the, one of the things I would say, and this is like the first tip, if you will, from, from today's conversation is identify the event or the feedback that's happening to you. That's putting you in that ugh, stuckness feeling, mm-hmm. identify it as neutral. And if you want to get extra credit, find it as a gift. Find it as a gift. Wow. Whatever it is I just received, the event or the feedback, this is causing something, something to, to churn inside of me. And, and I, I can either be, you know, I can either feel horrible about it or I can feel grateful because it means that I get to do something with that information. Mm-hmm. It's so good. You know, and, and, you know, marriages and, or intimate relationships, you know, committed relationships are really some of the best places to learn how to practice these, these skills because, you know, I, and I call it a committed relationship. Um, and what I mean by that is that there is no back door in my relationship. You know, there isn't an escape clause that if I don't like what's happening, well, screw it, I'm going to get a divorce. You know, what what I do, you know, what I talk about in, in a committed relationship is you close the back door, you brick it over, you plaster over top of the bricks, and then you paint it and you forget where the door was. So that there's now what you get to do is you get to work it out. Whatever happens, you get to work it out and, and you get to see somebody who's intimate with you, who lives with you, who loves you, um, giving you information all the time. Not good, not bad, just information that, you know, when they take it in, I can now use. I can say, I, like Candace does, it's like, you know, we start off by saying, oh, my God, my Sarah and I call it our pointy head. You know? <laughs> it's like, I got my pointy head on today and and I'm just, I, you know, I'm like I'm and that's when I feel opinionated. And, and so, I'm, you know, I hear myself being opinionated. So let me start back at the beginning. 
what was it that you said? And yeah. and they start from curiosity and start listening to what the other person is saying, you know, what, what Sarah is saying. Um, and and I have a, a friend who's one of my mentors who who says that when you listen cleanly and clearly to what the person is saying, not just what their words are saying, but how they're being with their words and and why they're saying what they're saying, you're granting them humanity. You know, it, it's a gift to them to really listen to what they said. So and then asking for clarity, you know, so I heard what you said, but it sounds like this is also in there. Can we talk about that, too? And you're really listening deeply. So then you can make decisions once you have clean information like that and you're talking to each other in a way that is open and and accepting of where you're coming from and what you're saying the information then can be used and you can choose to make a different response. And so let's, let's talk about that next. So, so, you know, there's, there's two, if there's two messages you hear today, one is that events and feedback are neutral and they're even a gift. So that's our first. Mm -hmm. The second is that you have a choice whether to react or respond. And, um, and you were talking about marriages. I'm going to just talk about work for a minute. And, you know, Chris has been my, my executive coach for a while and he's, he's coached me through two career transitions, um, since we've known each other. And every time I call him, I first tell him how angry I am at my current employer. <laughs> and I, I keep dead. I tell him, you know, all the things that my current employer is doing wrong and why I want to leave. And, and then I, and then I make a decision and I leave that employer and I go into the next employer and guess what I find the same situation. I find the same scenario. So, so, so it's not, you know, the one thing I would always caution my, my clients or our students is quitting is not necessarily the answer. Getting out of your current scenario is not necessarily the answer. Finding a different way to, to respond to the information may be your first step of success. So Chris, what's the difference between reaction and response? Well, you know, the essence of everything that we do in transformation is really looking at where do things come from inside me? And a reaction comes from the the combined lessons and experiences, socioeconomic status you grew up in, your culture, your language, everything that informs you up to this point is resting in here and is informing your reaction. It's, it's the source of your reaction. So I react the way I react because the, the, I call it the, the source code in, in my computer, the hardware in there is set up to respond a certain way. And so I'm always going to do that unless I understand that those things that are in there are not real. They're my interpretations of whatever happened in the past. Yes, history happened. Yes, I, you know, I got beat up or bullied when I was a kid or or things like that. But what I interpreted that event to be, I can't change that event, but I interpreted it as I'm nobody or I'm not worthy or whatever. And and so that informs that that base code that causes my reactions. Once I start doing that and understanding that, then I have a choice. 
I saw you take an inhale. So. Yes, before we get to the choice, I want yeah. to I want to I want to uh, simplify what what, what, yeah. what we just talked about. So, I mean, reaction is my knee jerk. What I what like. So, if mm. if you smack me, I want to smack you back. If you insult me, I want to defend myself. If you if you compliment me, I want to say thank you or compliment you back and deflect. Whatever your knee jerk reaction is, is your that's react. So that's mm-hmm. something you don't have to think about it. You just do it. And um, in our book, we talked about, you know, Black, Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called Blink. And in Blink, he talks about thin slicing. And thin yeah. slicing tells you that, you know, that that 90% of the time, your immediate reaction is right. Meaning like if you're interviewing a candidate for a job and, and they don't, you don't, you have your spidey sense says, no, they're not the right candidate. Yeah. You can trust yourself 90% of the time. But that's that ten percent that we worry about because that's that ten percent that is it's like how was I raised? Is it because this person's a man and I'm a woman? Is it because this person's a stay at home mom and I'm a career person? Is it you know do I have these filters that I'm that the feedback this person's giving me my filters are making them just off a little bit? Mm-hmm. And so thin slicing is something we all do by reaction. You don't have to think about that. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast if you were okay reacting all the time. But you're probably listening to this because you're saying my reaction is a little off. It's not exactly right. And as a result, it creates some turmoil in my life. And even, you know, in the stuck place, you find yourself in reaction mode all the time. And and so, um, you know, you, it, it becomes something that you become aware of very quickly. You say, like, I don't want to act like this. And I don't know the way out. I don't know the way to, to stop it because... I am what I am, you know, as Pape used to say, you know, I am what I am. Um, this is who I am. This is the way I am. And, and when you find yourself saying that, that's all reaction mode. And, and that's all stuckness because reactions aren't going to, aren't going to change if you don't change the source code. And, and so we now we can talk about choice because, you know, oftentimes when you're backed into a corner, if you're, I, I have a puppy right now. Not not here, thank goodness. But I have a puppy that's <laughs> two months old, and and when she's backed into a corner, she'll snap, she'll bite, she'll 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 bark, um, and and because she feels like she doesn't have any other choice, that she's reacting. Cinderella is her name. My son named her. She's reacting, <laughs> and, and so what? When we're backed into a corner, how do we switch from reaction to choice? There's there's a, something that 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 I use often, and I I, I call it you know um uh it, it's a framework for a difficult conversation, but it starts off by just saying okay, here's the, what just happened to me. Here was my trigger. This triggered me. My boss said something rude, and my reaction was I'm gonna quit, and like I don't have any other option. I have to quit. I'm super unhappy in this job. I have to get out. That's my reaction. The first thing I ask people to do is to just write on a piece of paper what are three other options. Just just write them down. Even if they don't even feel realistic to you at the moment, write down. I could quit or I could ask for a different boss or I could take a week vacation. Like what are your other Mm -hmm. options at this moment? And what that does is that backs you up, gives you a bit more space from being in that corner and gives you an opportunity to choose rather than feeling like you're stuck. 
We used we used that with our kids grow, when they were growing up. Um, instead of, I don't believe in timeouts. Because um, where do you send a kid for timeout? You send them to their bedroom. So now they are learning that when they're bad, they go to their bedroom. That's that's really good for their sleep habits, you know. But but what we did was we'd always say, um, you know, I didn't like what you did. I want you to go to your room and take a pencil and paper and write down three different things that you could have do, or as many different, sometimes it was really egregious, you know, we mm-hmm. would say, write as many different ways that you could have done that, that would have had a different result. And as they grew up, they've, they've learned how to do choice because that stopped them instead of having a negative consequence, instead of having, you know, punishment or something like that, they got a chance to stop, think about it and choose a different response, you know, and um, they're so much more well-adjusted than I ever was growing up. And, um, you know, it's like one of those things that I'm proud of as a parent, because that teaches them from the very beginning uh, that they have choice. And what I'm hearing you say is, and I just got a great tip, by the way, I'm totally going to use this with Ivor. Um, <laughs> so thank you, Chris. He's, he's always coaching me. Um, but because what I, what we do for timeout is we'll, we'll hold him like and sit with him and we'll, we'll take a deep breath and we'll say, when you're ready, let's count to 10 together. But we could be much more productive in that time mm-hmm. to say, what could have gotten us a different, a different response. So I'm going to totally incorporate that. Thank you. But what I'm hearing you say is when you're feeling stuck, um, when you're feeling like you can't get out stop, breathe, right. give yourself other options. There are, and if you can't find them, talk to someone else about it. They will have options too. So, so one of the biggest things I'll say is get it out, out, either write it down, talk to someone, get it out of, I call this a bad neighborhood. My head is a bad neighborhood. So get it out of your bad neighborhood in your head and share it with, uh, with someone or paper and, 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 and then allow yourself to choose from those options. And so I know that we're, we're winding out on time. And so yeah. Two main messages that I think I'm hearing today are one, that events and feedback are neutral and a gift. And two, you have the opportunity to stop, breathe, and choose. You are not stuck as long as you can stop, breathe, and identify your options. Is there anything else, Chris? Well, just to add to that, you know, a lot of people are familiar with the, you know, 10 second uh, wait before you hit the send button. Um, what you can add into that 10 seconds is that stop, breathe, think, choose, and choose a a different response that um, will take you to in the direction that you want to know or want to go in. So we all have a sense of direction. And and when we talk about dream, declare, deliver, you know, the first part of it that we're going to get to in, in our next podcast is probably about the dream. You know, what is it that you see yourself as being? Your choice when you in you're in that stop and then write out the responses, your choices for response can come from that dream state of who you say you are and who you say you want to be. So I think that's a great place for us to land for today. And um, we just really want to thank you all for for listening in. And um, we look forward to our we're doing this on a weekly basis Um, and take it home for me here. We acknowledge you, listeners, for dreaming, declaring, and delivering. And we we are so excited to go on this journey with you. So stay tuned and tune in with us again next week. Thank you. See you next time.